The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Creeps, cults, ghosts, guys named Jerry. This is your one-stop shop. If you like all that weird shit, join me. I'm Casey Balsham. I'm a comedian and I am fascinated by dark, twisty, and shady ass shit. On the Shady Shit Podcast, we're going to cover all the topics ranging from living in a haunted house to dating app scammers to Lizzie Borden and everything in between. Every Friday, I'm going to break down well-known and little-known stories that are sure to induce just a bit of discomfort. I am so looking forward to making your weeks just a little bit weirder. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hey everyone, happy Friday. Welcome back to an all new episode. It's me, it's Katie, but I am joined today with an all new guest. It's a blast from my past. <laughs> it's my friend, Mike. We met at the Cheesecake Factory. I've talked about it. It was a job. I hated it, but he was on America's Next Top Model. So he's going to give us the tea on all of that. So please welcome my friend, Mike Skakosa. Welcome, Mike. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. My, I have the worst like introductions. I try, <laughs> I, I try to just, you know, do my best at hyping up my guests. Yeah. I, f- I feel pretty hyped. That was great. That was good. Okay. That was good, great. Good, 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 good. So Mike and I met in, I don't want to say it's 15 years, but it's oh gotta be close. Well, I moved here 15 years ago in 2006. Five. Oh, it's all oh, right. That's sixteen years now. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> time flies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we both worked at the Cheesecake Factory in Beverly Hills, and it was probably mm, one of the worst. <laughs> I, I don't think I was ever sober there. Um, really? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, there, there, there. What was it? The El Torito around the corner that that everybody oh, would either be at yeah. before or after their shift. For me, it was it was only bad because it was like a corporate kind of place. I was really good at my job. It just was with all their like rules. They had the secret shoppers that would come in. Well, that's also like, the, it's the OG cheesecake. Factory. Yeah. It's like the original one. So like they're, you know. And we were always busy because it was in Beverly Hills. And so we would get just an insane like crowd in there. Yeah. But with the secret shoppers, they were just, anyone could do it. You could just go online and, you know, you, you had like a little like survey you had to fill out and then you'd send in your receipt. Yeah, that, was a, that was a thing. Yeah. 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 And they would pay for your like whole like meal, but it was like, people didn't really take it seriously. So like, I think they would just kind of like fuck with you, but they didn't realize if you got below a certain score, we would lose out on a shift. And sometimes people come in on like mother's day brunch and do it. And they're like, Oh, our food took too long. So I would get like, it's like the busiest day of the year. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's yeah. not really my fault. So why am I getting a low score? Anyways, it came down to a point where who was our boss? I don't know. She called me in the office. She goes, I don't really think this is like the best place for you. You're really good at your job. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, yeah, no, this is not, this is not much, but I loved like, I like all the people that worked there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still have friends from, <laughs> from back then. It's, really? it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's a weird I mean, we keep group. in touch, so yeah. there's that. But <laughs> thankfully, we all have gone on to do other 
cooler. Yeah. <laughs> bigger, <laughs> bigger things. The we Cheesecake we... Factory is just a stepping stone and the pillar to doing wonderful things. Yeah. yeah. So you did Cycle 20. I was in Cycle 20 of America's Next Top Model. Yeah. So we were the first one to feature boys. boys. First, first time in the history of the show. So, you know, it was kind of maybe going downhill a little bit, if that's the word, like the viewer, you know, it wasn't like quite, I mean, when the first show first came out, I mean, it was such a cultural phenomenon. Oh really. my gosh. Yeah. You know, and by the time you do anything long enough, you're like, all right, well, how do we keep it fresh? How do we keep it going? Mm -hmm. So this was sort of the first time to have again, guys, and it really kind of like relaunched the show in a way. I don't know if it's a fair competition because, you know, you can't really judge men and women fairly on the same, on the same plane yeah, on the same spectrum, the same. I guess. But you were also one of the oldest, which is weird because at 27, I mean, there's people that start modeling in their fifties. It's different for guys than it is for girls. I mean, girls start so young. My experience with the show was such a different experience. And I think most people, one, I was, I was, I was like the oldest to, to do it at the time. I was 20, which again, isn't that old, but like when everyone else is like 18, you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of a big difference. I met Tyra Banks while I was working on a food truck. Okay, yeah, so, that, so, you know, how you got on the show is unique because you didn't, audition. No, I didn't audition at all. No, I, I did nothing. I did so nothing. tell us a story. I was working on a food truck called Cool House, which I'm sure, you know, you, you probably know here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you listening from so afar, uh, Cool House is sort of a gourmet ice cream sandwich. Uh, you pick a cookie, pick an ice cream, we make you a sandwich. They're, they're in like Whole Foods now and everything. I mean, they, the company like really took off. And this was sort of, again, going back like eight, eight nine years, something like that now. So this was sort of at the beginning of like, the food truck revolution, if you will. So like I was working for Cool House and I believe it was actually the day after Thanksgiving and I was working at Lacmas. You know, I was probably hungover. I was probably <laughs> grumpy. I had to be there. Like there was nobody there. Like it was just like a boring ass shift. And these like two girls just came up wanting ice cream, you know? So I'm just kind of there doing my thing, shooting the shit. So towards the end of the conversation, the taller of the girl who wasn't as talkative. She's like, hey, can I ask you, have you ever done any modeling before? And, and I kind of gave her a look like, like no, I don't know interested <laughs> in that. And she was like, well, I'm casting for, for Top Model. We're going to do guys this season. She's like, I think you'd be great for the show. And it wasn't until she brought up the show, I realized it was Tyra Banks. You didn't recognize Tyra I, I Banks. Swear you didn't to God, recognize I, one of the biggest models in the world. She she had like a hat on and she was like very, she's very low profile when right. she's not all done up as Tyra Banks. I really did not, I really did not recognize her. And I remember again, I'm I'm 35. I remember like Sports Illustrated, like 99. Yes. And like, I mean, Tyra was like, I, I loved Tyra. Like what, what young boy did it, you know what I, I mean? I um, so, so when she, when I, the light bulb in my head went off, like, oh my God, you're talking to Tyra. I like, you know, I got a little nervous and I literally wrote down my name and number on like an order ticket and oh I gave it to her and, and that was it. And they left. And I was like, that was like the most bizarre, like such like an LA like story, I mean, you know? But it's, it is an LA story, but it is kind of like what everyone who wants to come out here and thinks what happens. Like you just come out here <laughs> right. and then you just like get discovered by some, you know, talent agent and yeah. that's how it happens. And it doesn't. No, not at all. It does not happen. Not Maybe just the people who don't want it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or who's not trying to. I think that, right. I think those stories only happen to people who like aren't 
trying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh really. God. I genuinely thought she was just being friendly. You know, like right. I really didn't think anybody was going to call me. And like two weeks later, I, I got a call from casting. It wasn't her, but it was like somebody in casting. They're like, hey, we got your info from Tyra. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh she God. really gave it to oh them. Like, God. I can't believe it. And yeah, I, I maybe sent them like some little video. I had to put together a video or something. And then I think I did like a little Skype interview or something like that. But that was it. That was like the extent of it. And then they would just keep calling me and be like, hey, you're on to the next round. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. Like, again, like not really like thinking anything of it. Like, and here's other people who are like going out to these huge cattle calls yeah. and walking and like waiting all day. And yeah. you just are sitting at home being like, oh, like, because. Tyra yeah. asked for your info. Well, they, again, so now, so now, <laughs> oh again, God. I'm trying to think back. This was around, you know, holiday time. I, I'm from Pennsylvania. I went home to Pennsylvania for to, like Christmas and stuff like that to see my family. At the time, the guy that would always cut my hair lived in PA. I went and got my hair cut. And, and like the, the day later, they go, they send out like a memo, like, hey, don't change your appearance from how people met you. And oh, I'm no. like, again, like I'm so clueless and oblivious, like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> and yeah, they just kept calling me and calling me. And finally, they're like, yeah, we want you to come on the show. I was like, how oh, drastic okay. did you change your hair? It wasn't that bad, but it was it was a lot shorter than when they first met me, mm, which okay. I think actually screwed up their plans when they were trying to do the... Um, the makeover, you know, oh, yeah, that's like a big thing. Yeah. Cause you could, didn't really change that much. Yeah. I didn't really do much. It was so funny. And then also, you know, we're, they're like, okay, so you could be gone for two weeks or you could be gone for like two months. What did your family say when you told them? I mean, they thought it was funny. Were they like, hell yeah, do it. Or were they like, uh, yeah. Well, when, when it finally got time and they were like, okay, we actually want you to come and be a part of it. Again, I was 27. Like I had like a life, like I, I had bills and a job. Like I wasn't some like 18 year old kid living at home. That's just like, yeah, I'll just go and do this, you know? So yeah, it was, uh, I really had to kind of like shuffle things around in my life. I looked at it. It was just such like a funny, unique thing. I was like, I can't not do it. Right. Like yeah. it was, it was too good of a story. You it never was, know. I was like, you know, I'll probably never get like an experience like this again. Like just just fucking do it. I kind of went into it with zero expectations of anything other than to maybe just, you know, have a good time. Time for a little break. Do you want big, beautiful, effortless waves just in time for back to school? The Con Air double ceramic waver is designed with not just one, but three barrels for deep, continuous waves. Plus the double ceramic technology provides even and consistent heat, fast styling, and long-lasting waves. With instant heat up, 30 heat settings for every hair type, and turbo heat boost for those difficult-to-style spots. It's easy to get the waves you crave. The wide range of heat options let you customize styling for flawless results so you can be back to school beautiful with full flowing waves now so quick and easy to create at home. You'll always be selfie ready on campus and off. You can skip the salon, save time, big, beautiful waves at home. No salon appointment needed. I love that. I love being able to get my hair looking flawless at home all by myself and what's not to love. Get your waiver delivered to your door just in time for back to school. It's so easy to order. Just go to conair.com and search waiver. That is conair.com and just search waiver and you're going to have some beautiful bombshell waves and look like a goddess. All right, let's get back to 
the episode. I feel like you definitely became a bit of a polarizing character, I'll go say, within the house. Like, I feel like you maybe didn't make friends with a lot of people. Or did it, do you think it had to do with like an age gap or? My experience of the whole thing to me is, is much different from most people that I know that have done it. And I am now friends with a bunch of people that have. Mm-hmm. I know people that like don't even talk about it because like they're so, you know, again, when you're a little girl and your dream is to go on this show and then you go on the show and it you think it's going to be one thing and then it's not, right? Well, so you yeah. get sort of very like jaded by it and disheartened by it. Um, but for me, again, it was just such a, oh, cool experience, like funny thing. Like, I, yeah, I got to do it. There were, I remember there were, there were kids that, I call them kids because they were, but like had never been on a plane before, had never been to California, oh had like God. never experienced all these things. I'm like, I'd be living on my own since I was 18, you know, like took place in LA. There was maybe like, there's probably like three or four of us that were actually living in LA at the time. Yeah. I remember we'd be filming and I would like run into my friend. Like I would run into people while we were filming. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I, I can't talk about it. It's like a whole, you know, so it was just such a different paradigm for me. Yeah. And obviously like you maybe not being in that world, being in LA, you kind of understand how that works and with, yeah. with some of these people coming out and having these expectations, yeah. not understanding that it's not as glamorous or they, that that veil is like sort of lifted and they're realizing like, oh. A thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, my, my background is really music. Like I, yeah. I was a musician starting off and I toured for years. Even though music is a different beast than TV, it, it's still, you know, the entertainment business in a way. So like, it's not like I, I was new to this, you know? Which most people were. They're like, they never seen a camera before. You know what I mean? Yeah, So so not only are you doing this competition where there's actually, you know, photo shoots and fashion shows that you're having to take part in, but you're also filming a TV show. Right, there needs right. to be that element of entertainment too. Were there producers that were like trying to push there to be drama? How much of that was being pushed versus just trying to focus on, you know, the, the photo shoots and what was actually taking place. Listen, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> I'm still friends with a bunch of the producers. They absolutely have a winner before the, they start filming. Like they know who they want. They, really? they have a narrative and a story they want to tell. They'll, they'll never admit that. But again, going through it and sort of getting it, like I was like, oh, okay. You know? So yeah, there's definitely a story that they want to tell. And each person is sort of like, um, you know, they're like a puzzle in that story, right? So like with Jordan, for instance, like her being like this really young girl who got married, divorced, you know, then they knew she was going to win. You think? I feel that way. Yeah. Huh. Who did, who did you not like the most? <laughs> I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Like, right. I feel like you have to be kind of a shithead for me to like not get along with you in some way. Chris was just. Um, you did tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, you know, I was trying to deliver some, some, some news. We we had some news I had to say, um, but he just felt very disingenuous and, and was just like doing stuff to do stuff. Even when we would be like, Hey man, like we get it. Like just, you know, uh, but the producers loved him. Right. Cause he would stir stuff up. Right. So yeah. I probably was a terrible character on the show. I got drunk every oh my night. God, which wait, became the, like my the, thing. The drunk was like with you and you like fell asleep in a little confessional chair. That was yeah. amazing. I think they probably wish that you did better and you could walk. <laughs> probably. <laughs> because you would stick around because I think, I think that you kind of like didn't really care what people were saying or thought of you. And if you would have stuck around and you could have been a little more drama within the house. I was starting to get the sense that people were a little jealous of you because you didn't have to try. You maybe didn't 
<laughs> care whether you won or not, but like you yeah. did, you did good. Yeah. You know, and again, they would say, all right, this week we're doing this, this week we're doing that. When they say week, they don't mean our shooting schedule was like, we would do photo shoot challenge day at the house. Um, where then we had to do all like the interviews and stuff like that. And then elimination day. So it was like a four day cycle and we just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. So it wasn't like a full week when they like, all right, and next week we're doing this. Uh, it was really just a couple days. So, you know, they're, they're telling you, oh, you, you need to work on this. You need to do this, but it, there's no time to like practice anything or do anything mm-hmm. like you're shooting. I mean, they're like 16 hour shooting days, you know, like it's, it's just like long and exhausting. Yeah. And are you filming in between that at the house or you're just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, if it was a photo shoot or a challenge day, we'd probably be out seven or eight in the morning, um, you know, get on the bus, go to wherever we got to shoot. A lot of it was downtown. Um, and then we get back at like 10, 11 o'clock at night and, and then do it all again the next day. And then time to bust out the wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're in a bubble, right? So you're fully sequestered. So no phone, no TV, no internet, um, no communication really with the outside world, which at first sounded terrifying. And then it was like the best thing ever to not have to talk to anybody or do anything and just sort of like be in this, again, yeah. this little bubble was like a really cool thing. I needed to do something. So I would just drink every night. Again, I was 27. I was 27. There was only three or four of us that could legally drink. And like, they were very strict about like no underage drink, like any of that. Like, so like they weren't having any of that. I didn't even have a bed. I don't think I slept in a bed the entire time I was there. I just fell asleep on the did couch you, or whatever. Did you have a bed or you just didn't choose to sleep? Cause they were like bunk beds. Yeah, right? I, don't even, like, I don't even remember to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you did sleep in a chair one night. So yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, I'd usually be the last one up, I, you know, pass With all out. your makeup on. Yeah. And then <laughs> they never showed this, but I was usually the first one up. And I was usually the one that would like clean up the kitchen and like throw away the trash. Cause like these are kids, they, they don't do this. You know well, what I mean? Bianca but like, I'm did like a, say you took out the trash and she thought that was really cute. Yeah. Well, did you ever hook up with her? Yeah. We dated after, after the really? show. Yeah, yeah. For how long? Uh, just like a couple months. Really? Yeah. yeah it was a thing. Yeah. yeah. So she lived in LA. Yeah. Yeah. She lived here. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. She lived out in, in the Valley. Yeah. Oh, it was the cast in the house, but did you have like production people that were like staying in the house with you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Over- it was like a big house somewhere out in like Agora or something like that. And they basically like divided the house in half. So half of it that we lived in and the other half was sort of like the production and stuff. So when you guys were hanging out at the house, did they film the whole, like, Oh, the whole time. So, uh, so you get back and there, it's just like, boom, mics on you, cameras on you. Yeah. And then they're just, and, and, you know, I don't know how it is with, with, with you guys or really for, for other sort of, you know, shows that are, you know, reality shows. Um, but they never like fed us anything or like told us to say anything. I was, yeah. I was um, wondering if they went. Actually, a lot of times going to and from the, sh- the shoots or whatever uh, on the bus, like they wouldn't even want us to talk because they wanted us to, to sort of save it. the reactions yeah. until we were all sort of <laughs> So like, yeah, it was like, they wanted to get like genuine responses from people for sure. Was there anything that you were surprised by? I know you said you didn't have any expectations, but was there anything that was the most surprising thing to you that you were like, huh, did not expect this? Again, I really thought like, oh, if I'm going to go do this, like I actually at least like give it a good shot. And, and I really had no idea what I was doing. Like Johnny Wujak, I forget his official title on the show, but he, he was at all the photo shoots. And honestly, I got more advice from Johnny than anybody else. Like he was just, just such a warm person and like wanting to help and, and, and wanting to see you do well. You know, so I was like trying, but again, like uh, this is something I've never done. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, all right, go do it. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, what yeah. do I, do? what do I do? Like, nobody tells me anything. Yeah. That's kind of a terrifying thing. Like, imagine, like, imagine trying something for the very first time and 
millions of people are seeing you just make an ass of yourself because you've never done it, right? And then like, being judged. And, and then being judged on it. Yeah. Critiques are so brutal. They're like, I hate your face. I hate the your eyes. They look just so squinty. And so it's just like, it's like, dang, don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> like when I, when I watch those illuminations, I'm just like, they just do not like give a single fuck. Like Kelly Catron, like she is terrifying. And like when that one girl was just like, I think it's just your delivery. She's like, I didn't fucking ask you. And I was like, yikes. You know, they don't mince their, their words and it's gotta be difficult. I mean, I've, I've done like plenty of like shoots, photo shoots, but I'm not a model. And I, I could never, because I don't know what to do with my hands. I never know what my face is doing, but, but I, I definitely commend you for going in and, you know, doing anything like that competing. And especially when it comes to walking that one with the, the guest photo shoot. Yeah. You had to walk down the side of a building and it was raining and they're like, mm, and they're being so hard on you. Like <laughs> that wasn't very good. You, you guys didn't get to practice that. No, they no. just, they're like, so this is what you're going to do. And the first time you did it was live. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With an audience and everyone's like laughing and yeah. And it, it is raining. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, the runway started at the top of a building. They were harnessed and they had to walk like perpendicular yeah. to the side of the building all the way down to, and make it look natural. And the girls are wearing heels, yeah. you guys, but it was also raining. So it was slippery and without even getting into like, if, I've never even been harnessed. So I don't even know like how I would do. Yeah. They're like, here's the runway, but it starts all the way up here. Um, mm. And you're like, well, I'm sorry, what? I mean, they have a safety people there and they're like telling you what to do and they show you what to do. But, you know, until... And I'm like not good with heights. I'm not either. So the whole time I'm just like, all right, I'm trying to stay calm. I'm trying to like psych myself up. This is literally the first thing we're doing. I'm just like, all right, all right, you got this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And I felt pretty good until the moment you're strapped in. Mm-hmm. You're standing on the edge of a building that's probably like 12 stories in the sky. And they're like, all right, lean forward. <laughs> and in no. my head, I'm like, I'm not leaning forward. That's like the most unnatural feeling ever off of a building off a building yeah sure yeah absolutely so <laughs> i actually kind of like fell and then like crawled a little bit i think you were head first off yeah of the building. it was terrifying but i will say once once you sort of like got used to it and you realize that i'm pretty safe i think you know like i don't <laughs> think i'm going anywhere once i kind of got situated it was actually kind of cool like i'm really glad i did it uh it was a, again a cool experience and you know you're like overlooking all of LA and but then you got on the ground and it was terrible I did I did actually awful nobody told me what to do they just said we'll do a walk I was like I don't know how to do a walk so I just sort of I don't even remember it was bad maybe if you went through the first round of auditions (laughs) maybe yeah but that's what ultimately what got you eliminated would you say yeah but when you got eliminated where like even though you're like I'm this is I'm just gonna give it my all this will be a fun experience were you bummed to have to leave um well so I will say this like what I, I really did go in once I got there. I was like, maybe I can do it. You know, yeah. like, it's, it's like oh, maybe I can do this. Oh, yeah. And then again, it's just a matter of sort of just being there and sort of like understanding it. Like very early on, I was like, oh, I'm not going to win this. Like it's not <laughs> happening. So then uh, to me, it was like, all right, my time is is finite. It's going to come at some point. So I might as well just, you know, enjoy it and accept it. And even when I was getting kicked off, I, I was with, I was Jeremy, who was like a younger kid, but a super nice guy. And we would like hang out together, like in the house and stuff like that. Like he was a good kid. And it became down to like the two of us. And, you know, we, we went off, 
off screen into like the deliberating area, whatever the hell they do. And he was like so nervous. He's like, man, I'm going, I'm going. I was like, dude, you're not going. Like, trust me, like I'm going home. <laughs> it's you. fine. Like, relax. Like, it's fine. Like, I knew it was coming. So it was fine. I just remember being like thankful. Like, I was like, you know, thank, thank you guys. Like, you, you didn't have to put me on the show, you know? Yeah. Um, I get it. Like, I was a part of the story, but... Uh, I'm sure there were more qualified people to do this. So like, thank you. Like, this was really fun for me. <laughs> but you left, but then you, you continued to model. It kind of became like a new career, which yeah. again was something I didn't really think about going into it. It just sort of happened. Well, the funny thing is too, again, I feel like I've lived a million lives sometimes and done so many different things. My first agency was in New York, but the guy that was running the men's board there was a guy I used to work with when I was like working with bands, like like seven, eight oh years God. before that. <laughs> and we, he like knew I did the show and we just like re like, it was like a good buddy of mine. I just, we kind of like fell out of touch and uh, we like reconnected and he, he was like, well, I want to sign you here. And I was oh, like, wow. okay. So he became my agent <laughs> and then put me with all these other agencies in LA and, and Chicago, Miami. And then I started doing that whole thing, you know, yeah. it, it kind of became like a new thing for me. You know, at the time I'd been done music for so long, it was kind of like a nice change of pace. It was something different. It still felt kind of creative in a way and um, it kind of checked a lot of boxes. So, and then I did it for a while until I did something else. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun to be able to just try on new hats and yeah, try, absolutely. you know, I think that's what's fun about life is that you don't need to I'll pick one thing and stick with it forever. That like, if you find something that you enjoy, do it until you don't enjoy doing it anymore. Okay. So now you are designing menswear. Yeah. Well, I still technically have an agency. So, oh, you I, do? I so you're still modeling. It's like, why not? You should. Yeah. You want to, you want to book me? Sure. Go for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, why not? If, if, and, like, and my, well, it's funny. My, my daughter has an agency now too. So we, we actually did our first casting together like a week oh, or two ago, which was such a weird <laughs> full circle. Yeah. Like I never wanted to be like, I want to thrust my kid into this business, but like, it just was, again, it kind of just happened like very organically. And you know, it was like a good, like, it was like a really proud moment. Like go into an audition with my daughter. Like it was such That's a really funny cute. thing to me. How old is your daughter now? She just turned one. We had a quarantine baby. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, so many quarantine babies. You're a dad now. You're still modeling, doing your menswear. What's your line. So I have a company called Sarto Collective. I got into the sort of custom clothing business a few years back. How did you get into that? And I worked retail a lot, uh, just like odd jobs over the years. And like, I kind of had done a lot of different things within the world of fashion, which I also like never really thought of. And yeah, this just kind of felt like a natural progression. So I, I really was doing mostly like custom suits, mm -hmm. um, which I loved. I, I mean, I, I trained with like a master tailor and, and I mean, you're forever learning. It's such a skill. Yeah. Uh, I got really into just textiles and I geek out over it. I love, I really do love it. But also because it's custom, it's super, it's super personal, right? Mm -hmm. It's it, And that's what I really love was just getting to work with people. You know, so we, when obviously the pandemic hit, we kind of had to, uh, a lot of things changed. Yeah, um, yeah. and, um, I, we sort of shut down the company I was working for out here. I had met so many awesome people. I was like, all right, I would love to continue working with you in some capacity, I guess. So, so yeah. So now I make, uh, I call it Sarto Collective because I really, truly, I basically have tailors, cobblers, milliners, people that do handmade, great, beautiful, amazing work. And I sort of, sort of bring them all together, if you will, and, mm -hmm. and sort of 
offer custom, whatever you want made custom, I'll be the guy to facilitate it for you. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's great. So it's a lot of fun. So do, do jeans, do shoes, do hats. Oh, anything. anything. Literally anything. Yeah. I just made like a, a woman's jumper for, for, for somebody because they asked me to, you know, like, uh, again, oh, that's shoot. like the fun part of it. It's like, I'm figuring out new things and trying new things. I, I have to be like learning and excited and like interested in whatever I'm doing. Otherwise I just get bored. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I feel you on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing now. Well, congratulations. That's really exciting. Do you have like long-term plans with that or you're just like, I have no just, idea. You know <laughs> Maybe I, mean? I should. I don't know. Like I said, you know, I said earlier, it's like the last year, year and a half has been challenging for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And yeah. I think everyone's trying not to get too comfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything that we knew was uprooted. Uh, granted, we had a kid, which in itself is, in, is, is a, is a metamorphosis as a, as, as a person, right? Like yeah. going through that change and that experience, doing that on top of a global pandemic was mm. our lives were completely different than they did a, a year ago. And, uh, you know, I assume that they're probably still going to look different a year from now, you know? So, you know, yeah. being, you know, being able to sort of be flexible and malleable. And, and yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. is definitely the new, um, <laughs> the new way to go these days. I know. You know? I know. So yeah, we're, we're figuring it out. I'm so happy that you got to come and do this. So I like to at the end of my podcast. Do you know what a rage text is? No, should I? Well, if you don't know, maybe that's a good thing. So like rage text is when you're like really pissed off at someone and you just send them a really angry text. Okay. So I mean, that makes sense from the, I get it. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So my segment's the rage text of the day. Okay. So what or who, or it could be an inanimate object. It could be person it could be a place it could be anything what would you send your rage text to i get really angry at the most mundane dumb things like if i'm making coffee and i burn it i get fucking pissed it drives me nuts (laughs) or if i'm i hate like water around the sink like if there's like water around the kitchen sink like i get so irritated i gotta like clean it up right away so i get very angry at like very little things that probably shouldn't Shouldn't really do matter. You, do you know what? Do you know what? What fills me with rage is when you know there's like one of those like seals on a bottle, mm-hmm. like, and you gotta unscrew the cap, and you cannot get that off. That'll send me into a full, like, tailspin. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I, I cannot. Well, sometimes they have like the little plastic piece that like helps you pull no, it, but no, other times it, it does, just like it does, don't it, do anything. It, it's horrible. They, they they glue those suckers on. It's yeah. like I understand like this is trying to like seal. It, I understand the job it's trying to do, but when it doesn't come off, like it should be able to come off with a little more ease. It should. I agree. It should just it should just be like barely stuck on there, so it doesn't like fall off. But like I can't. Or when it it does come off, but then it gets stuck up inside the cap. You know, mundane things, but it's just like, it's just so irritating. Yeah. Can you just tell everyone like where they can like find you on social media? Yeah. Listen, if you're, if you're, if you're interested, uh, Mike Skakoza, <laughs> S-C-O-C-O-Z-Z-A, uh, across all platforms. If someone wants some beautiful custom pieces made by you, is there like a website or? Sartocollective.com or Sarto, S-A-R-T-O, which just means tailor in Italian. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. You yeah, hit me up, Google it, DM me, whatever, th- whatever kids do these days. I don't know. Yeah. And if you haven't um, watched Cycle 20 and you want to see. I think it went on Netflix during quarantine. It's on, it's on Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu now. Okay. It's yeah. on Hulu. Um, it's really entertaining. If you want to see Mike wine drunk, <laughs> fall asleep, or if you want to tell him, see some, watch him tell someone to shut the fuck up or yeah. see him 
walk. <laughs> Check it out. Listen, I will say the amount of people, friends of mine that I grew up with that after they saw me just pass out drunk, were like, I've seen you do this so many times. Like this, they're like, that like, is a thousand percent you. I have the name Tequila Katie <laughs> for a reason because I've been drunk and really drunk <laughs> on a show. So like, I am not one to talk. I've had some moments, <laughs> but you know what? It's helped me through some times. I'm like, maybe don't get that drunk and also send rage texts. Yeah. It's like an art form for me. Thank you so much, Mike. And thank you all for listening until next time. Um, be kind to yourselves. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 